0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Bravo Tea with Jared B. I am your host, Jared B, and here we are at another week. I believe this is episode number four, if I'm not mistaken. We have made it to episode number four. There's a lot I have for you on today's episode. Uh, this week's episode, you know, we're Housewives of Atlanta, this episode was okay. You know, same for Summer House, Martha's Vineyard, and OG Summerhouse. But before we get into those, I wanted to get into some news that was broken Monday uh, coming out of the Real Housewives of New York. Not only did we get uh, Real Housewives of New York legacy news, we also got the trailer for the Real Housewives of New York reboot. So, let's get into that. <clears throat> NBC Universal. Uh, so, I'm reading this article from Variety, which is basically an industry magazine Um NBC Universal has officially shifted its The Real Housewives of New York legacy series to an ultimate girls' trip format that will stream on Peacock, featuring former Housewives Kelly Calorne, Ben Simone, Luann Deliceps, Dorinda Medley, Sonia Morgan, Ramona Singer, and Kristen Takeman as its cast. Now, if you don't remember Kristen, Kristen was on season six and season seven of The Real Housewives of New York. Uh, The article says after a low-rated 13th season and an influx of conflict, uh, Variety broke the news that the Real Housewives of New York would be revamping its format in a two-part strategy. Uh, first, Andy Cohen revealed that Bravo was focused on rebooting the flagship show with a brand new cast, and the network would eventually launch a spin-off Legacy series that would cast original and former New York Housewives. But things came to a halt because the network was unable to come to a financial agreement with several of the projected Legacy Housewives and put the series on pause. Jill Zarin talked about this a little bit, um... Basically, it was contract negotiations that were holding them up. Um, Jill Zarin wanted to make sure all the ladies were getting paid the same. um, And I guess that did not work out. Negotiations went on pause. And now we're getting a Real Housewives of New York legacy themed season of the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip. If you are a lover of the Real Housewives legacy cast, maybe this will suffice for you. You know, I'm someone that thought they were going to have their own standalone series on Peacock, which is, you know, what that originally was supposed to be. Um, I, You know, it seems like Bravo's more focused on this new cast, honestly. And honestly... I'm kind of excited about these new girls. The trailer was really good. Um, after the cast of the Real Housewives, uh, of New York Legacy cast was announced, then Bravo released, um, some Real Housewives of New York news and dropped the trailer for season 14. And this cast is featuring Cy De Silva Uba Hassan, Aaron Leakey, uh... Jenna Lyons, Jessel Tank, and Bryn Whitfield. Um, and I'm really looking forward to what these ladies are gonna bring to season 14. Honestly, I've watched the trailer several times, probably 10 times, and it, it's giving fresh energy, it's giving uh it, it's giving new, it's giving we're here to make a statement, but not trying to overshadow what has come before us. And honestly. Depending on whether this season of Warehouse Wives of New York is good, the other casts on the other cities should, you know, watch out. With the exception of Salt Lake City, Dubai, um, Potomac. Um, But if this revamp and reboot of New York City goes well, because I'm looking forward to it. Maybe it will give indications to Bravo that maybe Real Housewives of Atlanta needs to be rebooted and revamped, and maybe New Jersey needs to be rebooted and revamped, and maybe Orange County needs to be rebooted and ve- revamped. I don't know if Beverly Hills needs to be revamped. I'm not sure yet whether Potomac needs to be revamped. Dubai is too new to be revamped. Salt Lake City is too new to be revamped. Um... But those other ones, New Jersey, New York, Orange County, Atlanta, those have been around the longest of all of them. And, you know, sometimes we have to embrace something new uh, as viewers, as fans of these shows. You know, you can't be afraid to try something different, you know. The old cast of Real Housewives of New York—it was getting stale. It was the same old drunken antics. You know, you weren't getting personal story like you were getting season five, six, seven, eight, nine. You know, pretty much after season ten, it started going downhill. So I'm looking forward to what the Real Housewives of New York reboot cast is going to bring to Bravo. I'm really looking forward to it. And I think that all of you, if you're listening, you should give it a chance. So let's get into the real Housewives of Atlanta. This is season 15, episode two. This is titled, Sisters Before Misters. And scene one, we continue with Ross's 40th birthday. The drama is continuing, uh, Kenya is with Sheree, telling her that Martell Holt slid into her DMs and on the other side of the party, Candy is ready to headbutt thirsty Courtney. Um, If I didn't say this already last week, Candy is not the type to really start drama. Candy is not the type to talk bad about you behind your back or start rumors. But if you get in Candy's face, if you put your hand in her face, Candy will turn it up a couple of notches and be ready to headbutt you. So watch out. Um, I love the cutaway shots of Marlo listening to the drama between Candy and Courtney over his shoulder. That's hilarious. And I love that Marlo is at this party having fun, chill, lay back. She's just a spectator at this point. This is not her drama to insert herself into. So I like that Marlo is just enjoying the show. Um, And I also find it interesting that Marlo is the only one that's not involved in some kind of mess at this party. You know, whether it's stirring the pot, drama, arguments. Marlo's the only one that's just actually enjoying the party. So then we get to all the ladies gathered off to the side uh from the party discussing the drama between Courtney and Candy and then the discussion of Martel sliding into Kenya's DMs comes up and that's when things start to go left though I don't agree with the way that Martel lives his life I do believe that Martel has the right to defend his name against rumors that he tried to pursue Kenya um I don't see anything wrong with him defending himself. Martel does not know this, but if you're a boyfriend, partner, fiancé, or husband of a real housewife of Atlanta, but really any franchise, you will have to defend yourself because some of these ladies will dig up dirt on you or put out rumors about you, about the husband, boyfriend, fiancé, uh, to use it against another housewife. And they do it a lot on Atlanta, and they do it a lot on Potomac, which I don't like. Um, but the thing is, Kenya can't expect for Martell to not be upset about what Kenya has said. Kenya started it and got defensive when Martel started defending himself. And so Kenya, you know, Kenya likes to stir the pot, Kenya likes to drop these bombs, but Kenya doesn't like to get the blowback. When that happens. And Kengen needs to check herself on that. So we move on to the next scene. And this is the home of Drew Sedora. And watching this scene. I'm going to be honest. I did not notice that Drew was not in the season premiere. Until I saw her husband, Ralph, at Ross's 40th birthday party. Um, in the scene, we have Drew returning from Chicago after visiting her father, who is suffering from Alzheimer's. Uh, this explains why Drew wasn't in last week's episode. I take back my judgment against Ralph, because I was questioning why he wasn't by his wife's side when she has a family emergency, because in my mind, if it's his wife's family emergency, it's Ralph's family emergency. But now we know that... Drew had to go to Chicago to tend her, tend to her family and actually forgot that Drew is originally from Chi town. Um, Drew and Ralph are having a conversation and Drew talks about wanting to pursue music. Now, if you know Housewives, then you know Housewives love to launch a music career on these shows. We have Kim Zosiak with Tardy for the Party, Countess Luann uh, with, you know, Chic uh, Say La Vie and Money Can't Buy You Class, uh, Melissa Gorga, Erica Jane had a music career prior to, be on, prior to being on Beverly Hills, but she definitely on her earlier seasons was using the show to promote her erica jane persona um and then we also have candace that's on the real housewives of potomac pursuing a music career and now we have drew i'm sure i forgot a couple of housewives and their uh music passions uh, but these are the most recent ones that come to mind um even though drew can sing that doesn't mean that she should like we have to ask ourselves as viewers and maybe drew needs to ask herself who is going to buy and stream your music drew are you the viewers gonna stream drew's music do you care about drew's music i don't i'm just saying we gotta be honest Um, and then we see Drew, she says in her confessional that Ralph and her are in a good place. And this is very interesting to see because if you haven't heard, Drew Sidor and her husband filed for a divorce a couple of days before the trailer for the new season came out. Um, so I'm going to go to the People Magazine article, uh, about her divorce. Um, and in this article, it, Says Drusidora claimed that she can no longer take the blatant disrespect of her estranged husband, Ralph Pittman, according to court documents attained by People magazine. Um, Drusador has lodged an explosive set of allegations against estranged husband Ralph Pittman, claiming in an amended divorce filing that he's a serial cheater and adulterer who abused her mentally, financially, and at one point got physically aggressive with her. Um, She now, in her amended complaint obtained by People and filed in Gwinnett County Superior Court on Wednesday, claims that she simply cannot take Pittman's continued blatant disrespect and mental abuse any longer. Um, Among Drew Sedora's allegations, um, it is alleged that Pittman committed repeated, uncondoned adultery during the marriage and even allowed his multiple paramours to have direct contact with her, Drew, his wife, so that they could flaunt their relationships with him. In one instance outlined in a complaint, Drew Sedora claimed that a woman had the unmitigated gall and audacity to screenshot and send sexting messages directly to her and Pittman. Once confronted with the text messages, Drew Sedora said her husband requested they attend marriage counseling where he professed his love for her. Uh, Sidora went on to allege in the papers that her husband's cruel treatment had accelerated and gotten progressively worse last month. During one argument, Drew Sidora claimed that in the filing, Pittman allegedly grabbed her cell phone out of her hand, which caused her to fall to the floor. And then he literally peeled the phone out of her hand aggressively, she came. Uh... 9 911 was called but the police did not show up the document stated um and then later Sador obtained a new cell phone so yes this is very messy this is what came out before the trailer of this current season of Real Housewives of atlanta and now we see drew and her husband in a very good place it's very noticeable i noticed it uh but as we see as the season goes on things do not turn out well so we get to the next scene uh we're at the restaurant with candy and sanya and they're discussing the fact that they went to Disney together. And I like that Candy and Sanya and their family spend time together outside of being on the show. Why do I say that? One of my biggest criticisms of The Real Housewives of Atlanta is that it doesn't feel like this cast has a genuine friendship and rapport. And that and there are times where it feels like the only time they're together is when it's time to film the, film the show. And that's not fun to watch because the foundation of The Real Housewives is female driven friendships and if these ladies are not really friends what's the point of watching the show uh so candy and sanya start discussing ross's 40th birthday party sanya mentions that she met courtney at sheree's house and that courtney was talking about her and called candy ghetto now what I don't think Sanya expected was Candy to ask Sanya if she defended Candy after Courtney started talking about Candy. And once Candy asked that, Sanya could not get her story straight. And here comes the receipts, the clips pay- played of Sanya not defending Candy. Sanya, Sanya, Sanya. Candy invited you and your family to Disney, and you couldn't even defend your friend. And then when Candy called you out on it, You're lying and saying that you did defend her and the receipts show that that's not true. So we'll see how that plays out with the rest of the season. We move to the next scene and we are at Blaze, which is one of Candy and Todd's restaurants. I have not been to Blaze. Um, Now, Todd starts talking about opening more restaurants. If you don't know, Candy and Todd have uh, a couple of restaurants in the metro Atlanta area. They have OLG, which stands for Old Lady Gang, and their restaurant Blaze. Uh, Like I said, I have not been to any of them, but I think some people in my family have. Um, Todd wants to open a Mexican restaurant uh, called Olay OG? Um, I don't know. Um, And then (laughs) Todd wants to also open a pizza place named after their son, Ace. Um, Now, Todd mentions that the motivation to open all these restaurants is to make money so he can self-fund his own TV and film productions. I think that's a great thing. Ownership of creative content in film and television is important. However... If I were Todd, I would focus on making sure all the restaurants I currently have are doing well before opening more. Because as we see, they're about to go through a tasting menu um, because Blaze is not really doing that well. Uh, So before I start, before I open a Mexican restaurant and then a pizza place, I would make sure that Blaze is thriving before moving on to the next projects. Um... So then Candy's cousin enters the scene, as the, and as they're about to taste the new items on the menu, a producer interrupts the scene because what's not being talked about after Candy's cousin enters um, is the fact that Candy's cousin was shot by an intoxicated and disgruntled employee at one of their restaurants here in atlanta um and then we see the women kind of talking about the fact that there was a shooting at one of candy and todd's restaurants they mentioned the fact that crime is has gone up in atlanta which it has which is why i stay my ass indoors because listen Sheree was right you know you don't know if you're gonna get bullets or biscuits and Sheree said like In her confessional, we don't know when we go to Old Lady Gang if we are going to get biscuits or bullets. And I found that very funny. But also, like, uh, you know, if I were Candy, I would kind of feel a little salty about that joke. Uh, Because in that moment, you want your friends to be supportive. And in that moment, Sharae decided to give a shady joke. Um... But I understand the fact that Candy and Todd don't want to discuss what happened at the restaurant because it's an ongoing legal issue. So we move to the next scene. It's a quick one. Uh, Kenya is at the PGA Superstore with uh, her friend Akila. Um, Kenya, we find out Kenya is dating the CEO of Kill Me Crazy. Um, which, wow, I've been to Kill Me Crazy. And good for her. is another housewife that ha- d- hasn't had much luck with love. Um, as we've seen that played out on the show over the past several seasons. And I have to say that Kenya Moore is her best on the show when she's happy. I like a happy Kenya. It is fun watching a happy Kenya. If Kenya is not happy, Kenya is bitter. Kenya is nasty. Um... So then we move to the next scene and we're at another restaurant with Sheree and Sanya. Sheree feels like Kenya has a habit of labeling black men on their show as aggressive and abusive. If people don't know, Kenya has shared on the show a couple of seasons back that she was in an abusive relationship. And then we also saw that she dated this guy named Matt on the show and he was a bit of a hothead and he smashed the windows of her garage. Um, so I think when men become a bit aggressive, um, Kenya gets a bit triggered and kind of gets back into that mode of her being abused, possibly. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychiatrist, so I'm not trying to therapize, if that's even a word, Kenya more. Please understand I'm not so I can I can understand how Kenya feels like you know some of these men get a bit aggressive aggressive with her but Kenya also has to understand that she starts drama with them you can't just like start rumors about people on the show and then like think they're not going to defend themselves and get upset so we move to the next scene things are like jumping very fast with the Real Housewives of Atlanta this episode we get to the next scene uh, and we're in the studio with Drew and Ralph. And, again, what is clear in the scene is that Drew and Ralph seem to be in a really good place. And I'm just very interested to see... Like, I, I'm interested to see how this is all going to unfold on the show. And, like, what's going to be the moment we start noticing cracks in the foundation. Um, because... This, in this moment, in the scene that we're watching, and that divorce announcement that I read by People Magazine, is night and day. Um, but moving on, I do believe that Drew Sedora has a good voice, and I guess while she's on the show she might as well use this platform to market her music. I mean, I would say Luann has done well. Luann has cabarets. You know, Luann has toured around the country. So, and now Candace from Real Housewives of Potomac, she's doing well with her music. She's touring the country. She had a song that featured the rapper Trina on it. And so I guess Drew is like, well, now it's my turn to have my shine. Um... In the last scene of this episode, uh, we are at the She by Sheree e-com warehouse. Uh, The first notable thing is that um, Sheree points out that her She by Sheree merch is wrinkled. And Sheree asks the ladies who run the e-com uh, situation... As if she has to pay extra to have them steam before they ship out to customers. And of course it's an extra charge Sheree, because it's extra labor. And I say, I point this out because it seems like Sheree doesn't like to pay for things. And the other ladies on the show have pointed that out in the past that candy does not. I mean, not candy Sheree does not like to pay for things. Candy pointed that out actually in last week's episode when she was hanging out with the candy coated click. Um, Sheree, I think in a a reunion a a couple of seasons ago, Sheree admitted to not paying some of her contractors who worked on her house, Chateau Sheree. Um, so, you know, that's why Sheree has all, had all those lawsuits, uh, you know, suing her for unpaid bills. Sheree, pay your bills because we will hear about it. You're on a reality show and the girls will use it against you. Um, so... Kenya meets up with Sheree um, and then they kind of get into it. Um, and But before that, Sheree makes it clear to Kenya that she is not in a relationship with Martel. They are simply just dating. They start talking about the conflict that happened at the party on last week's episode with Martel and Kenya, and I understand Kenya being uncomfortable with the way Martel reacted, but again, I don't think Kenya realizes the way she comes at people. Kenya can be very messy, and these... These men, the husbands, boyfriends, and fiancés of these housewives, don't necessarily sign up for the show. They are there to support their women. But Kenya has no issue calling out the men and bringing up rumors about them, but then Kenya doesn't like the way they react to her. And it's like, Kinda, Kenya, I said, Kinda, uh, you're slandering their name on national television. How do you not expect them to want to defend their name? Uh, but Martel is kind of different because I believe that Martel is dating Sheree because it benefits them both, not just Martel, for him to be on the show. And from what I've seen on the internet, Beyonce's internet... Uh, that apparently Sheree makes an appearance on this current season of Love and Hi- uh, Love and Marriage Huntsville, which is the reality show Martell is on on the Oprah Winfrey Network. So that's what I mean that they're using each other probably for storyline. Sheree brings Martel on, oh, they're dating. Martell brings Sheree on, oh, they're dating. There there's it's something to talk about. Um but I do believe that Kenya has to be careful with their word with her words. I think all of them have to be careful with their words. Sheree also needs to be careful with their words because her words. Um because all of them on the show have brought up rumors. About each other and about each other's significant others. And I I, I don't think that these ladies realize how damaging that could be to someone's career, someone's life, someone's family, because there are going to be people that watch that believe it and then like harass them on social media about it. But I do believe, I genuinely believe that Kenya is looking out for Sheree. And what I love that Sheree said to Kenya is what do we need to do to get past this? And I say kudos to Sheree because this is called conflict resolution. Yes, we love the drama, but not every disagreement needs to lead to a blow up and needs to play throughout the season. So I'm happy that it seems like this this tidbit of beef is going to be squashed in this moment. And that's pretty much the end of the first episode, not the first episode, this episode of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. This episode was okay. It's weird that last week's episode was so explosive and really, really good. And this week kind of felt like a filler episode, like it was okay, but it wasn't great. I would give this episode probably a six and a half. Maybe 7 out of 10, where last week I felt like was an 8.7 out of 10. Uh, but as we see in next the trailer for next week, things are going to blow up when all the ladies are gathered. So um, it seems like we have something to look forward to. Um, and when we come back, we are going to discuss the second episode of this season of Summer House Martha's Vineyard. Welcome back, welcome back. So let's get into Summer House Martha's Vineyard. This is Season 1, Episode 2, and the episode is titled, Guess Who's Coming to the Vineyard? Uh, We start off the episode at the cast dinner at the restaurant called Fish on Martha's Vineyard. And the conversation is continuing at dinner where Silas Cooper is airing his, his grievances against Jordan because his wife Jasmine is out with Jordan at 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning and Silas is concerned for her safety. And I believe that at Silas, as a husband... Jasmine being his wife, I believe it's a valid concern to be concerned about the safety of your wife out in New York City at two o'clock in the morning. I just don't believe that this conversation was for the table. I think this is a conversation that you have privately with your wife. Um... So then the cast is riding back to the house. And there's this moment that happens between Mariah and her son on the phone. And she says that they're going to go through some affirmations before her son goes to bed. And she asks her son, what comes to you abundantly? And her son recites three things. Love, friends, and money. And I love that. But the one thing that was missing from those affirmations I would say happiness, because love, money, and friends mean nothing if you don't have happiness within yourself, being content within yourself. Because if you're not a happy person, love will suck. Well, honestly, I guess you couldn't have money, love, and friends and be an unhappy person. But like, do people enjoy being around you? Like, you have all these material things, you have the love, you have the money, you have the friends, but then you have no internal happiness. You're just merely existing with all these outward things. You know, I, I guess, you know. Listen, receive money, happiness, and love. L'chaim. Uh So we move on to the next scene, and we're back at the Martha's Vineyard house, and everyone pretty much decides to go to bed. Silas and Jasmine Cooper the married couple have a conversation in their bed about the conversation that happened at dinner and Silas asks if he came at Jordan a little too hard and Jasmine said yes and then they proceed to activity under the sheets for all of us to see and hear and we really didn't we didn't need that, Bravo. We we don't need to see these people having sex in the bed on this show. Like we're not asking for it. We're not looking for it. At least I'm not interested. Maybe y'all want it. I don't want it. Um, so we get to the next morning. Jasmine is make makes Silas breakfast. And I really like Jasmine and Silas like I like them even though they both individually have moments that I don't agree with I really like their confessionals together and Jasmine talks about being a Liberian wife and how Silas didn't realize how important it is to know how to play the card game spades and Jasmine says that's what uh, what makes Silas and her uh, culturally different and if you guys don't know the game of spades does happen often at black family gatherings, birthdays, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, cookouts, graduation parties. It's something I have witnessed many times growing up. I think the last family function I, I had, I went to, uh, my family played spades. Uh, But I have to admit, I don't know how to play spades. I've never really cared about learning how to play spades. Um, And just so you know, if you do not know how to play spades, don't even think about asking to participate in the game. It's a game to win, and people really don't have time to coach you on how to play the game of spades. Um, So we see um, Amir is playing the long game with Jordan and asks her to go kayaking in the bay. Amir seems to be an outdoors person. Amir loves kayaking and white water rafting. And he says he's looking for a Titanic moment with Jordan, even though Titanic ended in tragedy. Uh, But we find out that Jordan's not really into kayaking. I don't think Jordan is an outdoors type of chick. Um, she's obviously not enjoying this. She doesn't like the water splashing in her face from the bay. Uh, Jordan seems like the type of woman that you take her on a boat in the bay and you have brunch and drinks. Don't take her kayaking in the bay. You take her on a boat on the bay. But lesson learned for Amir, Right. Um, we go to the next scene, uh, and they're at the bowling alley. And I, I forget how much I love bowling until I see bowling. It's so much fun. It's always a good time. Bowling alleys now have bars. They have good food. They have good music. Like bowling brings you back to your childhood. And I feel like me and my friends soon need to go bowling. I would love that. Um, but At the bowling alley, at the bar, I commend Bria for asking Jasmine and Silas, who are essentially hosting this Martha's Vineyard Summer House situation, if Simon, Bria's boyfriend from Germany, can stay in the house on the last week. Um, Instead of, you know, Simon just showing up. Kind of like how Bria just showed up to the house with the dog. Um, And then, so they're on... They're still at the bowling alley. And before they leave, Mariah introduces her idea of having a moon mass, which is hoodoo. Um, I've never heard of hoodoo, but if you watch the show, when she mentions hoodoo in her confessional, uh, a definition of hoodoo pops up on the screen. And if you're listening, if you're interested in what hoodoo is, I guess you can just Google it. Um, But the group seems open to the idea, but skeptical. Um, so the group gets back to the house. And my mouse is not going down. But the group gets back to the house. And Mariah, uh, it seems like Mariah's trying to bring a healing energy to this house. I just don't think this moon mass is the way to do it. Um, I get that Mariah's trying to connect with everyone and share a piece of herself. But Mariah, this is a summer house. And it's a reality show. We, the viewers, want to see hooking up we just don't need to like see it see it and hear it um we want drunken antics we want dancing we want partying we don't want healing you know we want conflict resolution but maybe not in the form of your moon mass and the group is just not into it and they just want to go inside and they do So we get to the next morning, and we have another cast member introduced to us, Shanice. And Shanice will only be at the house on the weekends because of her job. And if you guys, I guess this is what's different. I mean, well, I guess Summer House in the Hamptons, they follow the group, their work lives in New York City during the week, and then... They go to the Hamptons on the weekend to party, but this is a different situation because they're at Martha's Vineyard on an island, so they really can't, like, go to work wherever they live and then come back to the house to party on the weekend. So that's why we're not seeing Shanice all the time. It'll just be on the weekend. Um, but I think that I feel like Shanice is bringing a great energy to the house. She seems bubbly and she has fun energy and she s- seems ready to party. And that's when the shots begin. Um, Mariah is getting the house towels out the dryer and notices Bria's dog's items are in the dryer too. And this is when things go south. Um, Mariah confronts Bria. As people were getting ready to leave the house to go out. Um, And in this moment, I understand where Mariah is coming from. I think that how Mariah went about this was 100% wrong. Um, You know, I would not want the community towels to be washed or dried in the same situation as dog items. You know, let's keep... I don't even wash my clothes with towels and washcloths so like why would I include towels and dog items in a dryer together it just wouldn't happen one plus one is not equaling two in this moment um but I also feel like why do people feel the need that they can just come for Bria is it because she's short is it because Bri is a quarter pint like this doesn't this doesn't have to be a moment, and I felt like Mariah was trying to make this a moment. And then Mariah and gets in Bria's face, which antagonizes her and shoves her away. Um, and I'm starting to question whether Mariah can make it in this house. Because after the group leaves, Mariah and Preston have a moment. And Mariah starts crying. And Mariah in, in her confessional says, you know, she's away from a four-year-old son. And if she's going to be in this house, it needs be, to be for a really good reason. Mariah, I'm not, a, I'm not a parent. I don't understand what it's like to be away from your son. But this situation that you find your, yourself in, on Summer House Martha's Vineyard with Bravo, if you use this moment right, if you come off across the right way on the show, if the show is successful, this can not only benefit your life, but it could benefit the life of your son. Uh, So, like, you just gotta riot this out, Mariah. And I don't know if Mariah lasts the whole season because in the official cast picture, you don't see Mariah. So I feel like Mariah's just, like, a friend of, or maybe Mariah eventually leaves. So... In the next scene, um, the group goes out to eat. Uh, Bria feels like Shanice didn't have her back when Mariah shoved her back at the house. But I'm glad this issue could be remedied with a shot of tequila. Because I feel like uh, tequila heals people. Uh, I love tequila. I can drink tequila straight. But I I know my limits with tequila. Um, And tequila makes me happy. Tequila makes me want to dance. Um so then while the group is out we see Phil another cast member arrives at the house and he's drunk and he's stumbling through the door and he is drinking out of a bottle of $400 Don Julio 1942 Now um I know the price because I googled it when I watched the show Um some most places I see 399 I did see one website that said 199 but my question is Did Phil drink that whole bottle of Don Julio, 1942? Because in the house, it looks empty. Um, Preston, not Preston, Phil starts going around the house, um, lets the dog out of Bria's room. Now the dog is running around the house. Phil is chasing around the dog, and then Phil and the dog go down to the basement where he thinks his room is, but that's actually Nick's room. So I guess Bria promised to uh, save Phil a room for when he got to the house, but here's what I'm going to say. I don't think that you can claim rooms before you get to the house. Like I said last week, this is a first-come, 1st serve situation. If you want the room that you want, you show up early. Because if I am in a group situation with people and I want the room that I want, I'm going to be one of the first people to show up to the house. And guess what? Exactly where Nick chose a bedroom is exactly where I would choose a bedroom, downstairs away from everyone with a bathroom to myself. So kudos to Nick for grabbing that room. Bad on Phil for thinking that room's his when he's just entering the house, like three or four days later. Uh, So also we're going back and forth between Phil entering the house and the the rest of the group in this club slash bar where there's like 10 people and a bunch of older ladies just dancing and twerking. Um... And Preston and Mariah are ready to leave and meet up with the group. And before they leave, Phil decides to do something very juvenile. And I think, like, what he did lacks character. And and it was just... It was a bit trashy. Phil decides to take a Shadooby in Nick's bathroom. If you don't know what Shadooby means... He defecated in Nick's bathroom and didn't flush the toilet on purpose. So, Phil was mad that Nick was in his supposed room, and Phil decided to leave a stinky dookie in the toilet for Nick to find when he came back. So, the group is now back all together at this dance bar place, and Phil tells Nick that his stuff is in his room and that he pooped in his bathroom. And Nick is not really taking this seriously. And it was funny. Nick was like, how can I listen to this man where he's dressed up in a 90s tracksuit? Like, is this a Nietzsche? If you don't know what a Nietzsche is, a Nietzsche is like an urban clothing brand. Um, And so, um, I lost my place with my notes. Do-do-do-do-do. We see that Alex and Shanice are vibing. Uh, Bria is mad at Mariah. Mariah is there. Mariah hasn't apologized to Bria. No one's telling Mariah that how she acted about the dog stuff in the dryer was n- unnecessary. And Jordan made it known that Jasmine needs to gather Mariah and say something. And uh, I agree with Jordan because Jasmine, you are one of the hosts. So and Mariah is your good friend. So it's your duty to squash this. Um, I really like Jordan. She Jordan's not afraid to make her opinion known. Um, and I also like that Jordan acknowledges that Amir is attractive. But Jordan also says that Amir is going to have to work harder to get her attention. Because it's more, looks don't mean anything to her. She wants more. She wants substance. She wants depth. And I like that about Jordan. I like Jordan. Um, so they get back to the house and Nick discovers the defecation in his toilet. Um, Nick comes back and tells Phil that you need to go flush the toilet. Um, then we're... Then Phil says something really weird comparing not knowing the room assignments to people in the South not knowing slavery was abolished. And I just think that was a very ignorant thing for him to say. I think he was trying to be phony in the moment, but the truth of the matter is you defecate it in someone's toilet, in someone's room, kind of claiming your your spot and your space. And you're coming in this house with, you know, your energy is busted all out of whack. Um, but I will say Phil did kind of make this episode worth watching because it, it was a little boring. Um it, it kind of felt like a, another filler episode because we see at the this episode ends when Amir steps up to Phil because then Phil insults Preston about his shirt being a little too tight. Um and then that's when Amir steps in and then that's also well where the episode ends. So you know, of course, they're going to drag this out to next week and we will see it'll be to be continued and we will watch this altercation play out this this episode was okay if I were the producers I really would want to make the first three episodes the episodes of the show really stand out um and bring viewers in you know it wasn't the best second episode of a new series but I'm gonna give this episode a 7.4 out of 10 it was okay and I, I'm invested I'm coming back next week um And then when we return, we're going to discuss Summer House. This is Summer House OG that takes place in the Hamptons. We'll be right back. Now welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Now welcome back to the show. Um, So we're back with the recap of Summer House. This is season 14. This is season 7, excuse me, episode 14. And this episode is titled, Don't Let Them Eat the Cake. Um, So we are continuing off where we left off last season, Uh, where Carl storms out of the restaurant after Robert confronts him about Danielle not being involved in the proposal between Carl and Lindsay. Um, Carl at this point is done filming. Carl is crying. He walks out to the restaurant. Kyle goes to console Carl and calm him down. And I I don't feel like Carl needs to explain why he's upset. I understand why he's upset. It seems like no one in the house is supporting him and Lindsay and their engagement. Also, Kyle is hammered. You know Kyle is hammered when he starts swaying and he really can't get his words out. Um, so then Lindsay comes outside, um, and Lindsay decides for the both of them that they're going to leave and go somewhere else and that they're going to leave the house tomorrow. Kyle goes back to the group after Lindsay and Carl leave to update them on what happened. And Kyle lets them know that Lindsay said that they're going to go to Southampton Social where they actually have friends. I don't know if Kyle knows this, but he is stirring the pot. And Kyle does it really well. It's very subtle. Like, Kyle is moving the story. He's moving things along with the show. He doesn't know that he's creating drama. And honestly, for seven seasons, Kyle kind of has gotten away with it, Um, which is good for him. He doesn't, you know, Kyle pretty much gets heat for his relationship with Amanda in the past, not this season. Uh, Kyle doesn't get blamed for starting drama. But in this moment, I see that Kyle is kind of stirring the pot. Um, maybe not intentionally, but drunkenly, he is stirring the pot. Um, we see like a moment between Craig and Sierra. They have a conversation, and I love that they have a good friendship. And I love that Craig is supportive of Sierra and her finding a, a great relationship. Um, but I hate to say this. I don't know if anyone noticed, but. Um, I kind of feel like Craig and Sierra have better chemistry than Craig and Paige. You can feel it through the screen. Like, they they seem to be simpatico and, and kind of want the same thing out of relationships. Um, they're both romantic people, and Paige is not that girl. Wouldn't it be a scandal if we found out that Sierra and Craig were fooling around behind Paige's back? I probably would not think that but because we have Scandaval on Vanderpump Rules, I'm like, oh my gosh, what if Sierra and Craig, you know? But Craig doesn't seem like Sierra's type, even though in this moment, I feel like they have really good chemistry. Um, So the gang gets back to the house in the Hamptons. Um, And of course, Sierra, Paige, and Maya are in the bed. The room's a mess. The table in the room has cans, Burger King cups, French fry holders, Glasses on the table. I could not live like that. This is why I would choose a room off someplace else from everybody else. Because I can't live in that kind of chaos. What about the bugs? It's summertime. Cockroaches. Ants. All of that. And then they decide to push their beds together. If you're going to be in the summer house, please don't be in the bed. Party it up. Like, at this point, producers need to shake up this cast because I think Sierra, Paige, and Maya are getting a little too comfortable. And Maya is way too comfortable. Because, Maya girl, you have not brought much to this season. You have been forgettable this season. And I loved when you joined the show. I, I felt like you brought something. But this season, it feels like you're half in, half out. And choosing to have moments when it's most convenient. Um... So, we get to the next morning. Carl and Lindsay never came back to the house. Their room is empty, with the exception of their belongings. We see their bed is made. Uh, Kyle does not want to reach out to Lindsay and Carl to see what's going on with them. Kyle says he doesn't want to be the ringleader. But what Kyle does not understand is that he is the glue that holds this house together. Like I said on, I think, one of last week's episode... This show was originally casted around Kyle Cook. All the people on the show were his friends with the exception of Steven. So whether Kyle likes it or not, it, I mean, also Kyle is supposed to be friends with Lindsay and Carl. So you should reach out to see what's going on to see if there could be some kind of resolution. Uh, But we see them, Kyle, speak to Lindsay and Carl. And Carl and Lindsay are over it. They feel like no one cares about them, and I feel like their feelings are valid. Why is everyone going after Lindsay and Carl this season? I feel like it's easy prey. Um, we, I don't think I've mentioned this, but I really hate Kyle's mullet, and it's hard to take him seriously. I just wanted to note that. Um... Then word starts spreading around the house about Carl and Lindsay not coming back to the house. And I really don't understand why nobody else understands why Carl and Lindsay are upset, with the exception of Sam. Um, We get to the next scene, um, and I just typed in the boats, question mark. Did this show not have a budget to get a big enough boat? to fit the whole cast. So one half of the cast is on a yacht, an actual yacht, and the rest of the cast might as well be on a tugboat. And so Maya gets a DM from a random asking about the status of her relationship with Oliver. And we see, once you get to the end of the episode, some drama happens in the season finale, Uh, Between Maya and her boyfriend, Oliver, where there's crying involved and possibly accusations of alleged cheating, which this might be what leads to Maya and Oliver breaking up. Carl and Lindsay arrive to the house to get their stuff while the group are on their boats. And Carl is salty in his feelings. And Carl covers the camera in their room uh, with, like, a scarf or a cloth or something. And Lindsay, you're you're like... You hear Lindsay say, Carl, don't do this. Uncover the camera. They have to, like, show how this is playing out. So we kind of see the fourth wall broken in this moment. We see the producer in the room with Lindsay and Carl. Um... And so the rest of the group arrives back to the house, and Amanda notices a cake is gone. And that's when they realize that Carla and Lindsay have officially left the building. They came to the house, got their stuff, took a cake, and bounced. Um, Danielle gets a little weird. And oddly protective because the cast is kind of having a good time and playing around in some hats left behind in Lindsay and Carl's room. And I guess Danielle in this moment feels like the house is celebrating Carl and Lindsay leaving the house. And I feel like things are starting to sink in. Like, Danielle really, I think, is starting to realize that things are really over between Danielle and their friendship with Lindsay and Carl. Um... Lindsay's, I mean, Danielle is still hung up about not being involved in an engagement, but claims in her confessional that she's basically loyal to the soil, but meanwhile could not just put on a happy face and be happy for her friend's engagement. Um, Danielle says to Kyle that she knows that their engagement is not about her, but then makes it about her and how she feels again. Um, Craig is blaming all the drama on Lindsay, what's Craig's beef with Lindsay? Because this is not the first time we've seen Craig kind of go after Lindsay or blame something on Lindsay. Um, so then Craig and Corey set up a sushi dinner for the group. And, you know, they just have a good old time. They laugh, they drink, and they play a little bit of sex charades. And after dinner, Craig gets emotional. Um, he gets upset because Paige didn't notice that he was upset. The reason why Craig was upset, because Craig, I guess, realized at night that it was his mother's birthday and he did not wish his mom a happy birthday. And Craig was upset and disappointed in himself about that. And I guess he expected P- Paige to run to him and console him. And Craig does not understand that Paige is not that girl. Um. So then Kyle and Craig have a moment... You know, again, I mentioned Craig forgot to wish his mom a happy birthday. And I have to say, when Craig drinks, he is not his best self. Craig's emotions come out when he drinks. Not when he's sober. Everything that's bottled up explodes and that's when he kind of freaks out. You know, Craig takes off his mic, throws it on the ground because he's upset with Paige. And then Paige starts throwing up, I guess, from the food. Um, And then... We get to the next day. The group is setting up for the last party of the summer. And Lindsay and Carl arrive back to the house in dramatic fashion. Um, And that is the ending of this episode. So it seems like this week's episode of Real Housewives of Atlanta, Summer House Martha's Vineyard, and OG Summer House are basically filler episodes that lead up to the drama Next week. So next week is actually the season finale of Summer House OG. Um, Next week is also the season finale of... Or this week is the season finale of New Jersey. And I believe this week is the season finale of Vanderpump Rules. So we have three shows ending this week. Um, And even though I say they're ending, we also have the rumors... Uh, not the rumors. Oh, my gosh. What is with me? To- okay, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I am violently ill. Um, I have not eaten all day. All I've drank is water. Um, I have a stomach bug or a stomach virus. Um, I have been in the bed sick all day. And, you know, please um, allow me to spare you the chronicles of my digestive system over the last 24 hours, but it has not been fun. I'm exhausted. I'm weak. I'm hungry, but my stomach hurts at the same time. I'm thirsty. So like, you know, I'm going through it (laughs) during this recording. And honestly, I I really wasn't going to record this week and put out. Well, not. I wasn't going to record this episode or maybe record it when I feel better or felt better and release it on another day. But um, I guess, you know, the show must go on. Um, Yeah, like I said, this week was a bunch of filler episodes. We have some season finales coming up. Um, but we have reunions coming up. We have the reunion of Summer House OG coming up. We're going to have the reunion for Housewives of New Jersey coming up in the next couple of weeks. We're having Teresa's wedding special coming up. Um, And we have what is going to be a very explosive, probably three-part reunion, three- or four-part reunion for the season of Vanderpump Rules. So I'm very excited for what's to come disappointed in you know this week's episodes in the early half of the week but you know we'll see how New Jersey and Vanderpump do us um thank you again for supporting the show uh please like subscribe you know give us five stars leave a good rating tell your friends tell your family tell your co-workers you know about this brand new podcast called Bravo Tea with Jared B because it discusses everything Bravo. I hope you guys have a great one. Thank you again for listening. And uh, look out for Friday's episode. Have a good one, everyone. Good night.